All good, man. All good. Well, I, like I said, when I get an opportunity to start digging in what the Lord has just been uh, feeding us throughout the week and start putting it all together on Saturday nights uh, just to kind of get the lay of the land, I, I really get uh, a lot out of that because that's usually when the Lord really gives me the, the icing on the cake, you know? You do the studying and you do the, I call it crock potting. <laughs> they say, how's the sermon come? I say, I've got everything in the crock pot, you know? I mean, he gives me a lot of ideas and different things that I've, I've been seeing through the week and things that I've talked about, you know, our church family throughout the week. And then God starts just churning that in our hearts. And this week's title is called Handpicked, okay? And, uh, and I want to know, what do you think about when, when you hear that term, handpicked? What comes to mind? You know, maybe it's you're going to look for a car. You know, you're picking it out. Maybe it's, maybe it's a house. Maybe it's your sweetheart. Maybe it's a puppy. But whatever the case it is, you know, you're choosing and you see the value in that thing. You know, whether it's your new puppy dog, like I said, or kitten or house, husband, bride, whatever, maybe you're the one that sees the worth. Now, I want to ask you this. Have you ever thought of yourself being handpicked by God? Think about that now. Everybody ought to be sitting real tall in their seat now. Handpicked and chosen by God for a time such as this. And that's really where we're going with that. And I want to I want to back that up with God's word here. I hope you guys can see it. I'll read it to you. And we're in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. And we're going to kind of dissect that thing today. Got some other scriptures to pull in as well. But if you take a look at this, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? If you don't take away anything else today, I hope you get a hold of that, that, that you were on God's heart in the very beginning, in the very beginning, not just when you were pretty and your hair was right, when you were doing things good or then any of those things. From the very beginning, God said, I'll pick you. I always think about, you know, how many watch the movie Shrek? It's kind of old now, but, you know, that donkey would just jump up there, pick me, pick me, pick me, you know? We, don't need, we didn't even have to do that. He said, I choose you. I choose you. To be in that relationship. So, you know, that right there is a powerful statement. I said, man, so we should be really sitting up tall and taking in what God has for us. To know that God loves me and God chose me in Christ Jesus from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And so let's walk through God's word today and just take a closer look at how much he loves us. Does that sound all right? So I kind of broke this out a little bit. I said, before he made the world, we read through that scripture and stuff. But I want you to know that God loves us. Got some more scripture. Got a lot of scripture for you guys today. So take some good notes and, and refer back to them. First John 4, 16 says this. And we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. God is a love-driven God. Now, a lot of times we look through the Old Testament and we see things and we say, oh, my gosh, the wrath of God. Let me tell you, God is holy and God's going to do it the right way. But God's got a master plan and God always offers. He tempers that with his grace. Amen. So we look back through that. And I think this is the biggest thing at a minister over the last 15, 17 years. Actually, you know what? I just had a spiritual birthday yesterday. I gave my life to the Lord in 1995 on Halloween night. Give the Lord a hand clap, man. Hey, guess what? I was handpicked. Amen? And so were you. And I was just sitting there thinking about that. Boy, time goes by. And uh, you know what? But his plan was already in motion. God had already been putting people in my life, just like he's putting people in your life, past, present, and future, to drive you and draw you to him. Holy Spirit pulling us in there. But what I was going to say about a love-driven God was this. I think that this is the number one thing that the devil wants us to, to hear that you know what that God doesn't love you. If he can if he can get you doubting the love of God for you in your life, he's got you. He's got you on the sidelines. He's taking your lunch. You know what I mean? And, and I, I spend so much time talking to people about this, this issue here. I said if the devil can get you thinking that God is against you, he could take your lunch and have control and manipulate you. That's what it where is the battlefield? It's your mind. Right there, man. Throwing those seeds of doubt. You ever get in the car and get maybe on the way to church? Well, you don't need to go. You're already running late. Let me just say this, okay? If you're running late, we're still going to be here. Come on. That is not going to slow me down. I'm going to say, you know what? They didn't let anything slow them down. They just kept on coming. So it's like, ow. 
I think it was dogwood. That thing bit me, man. It's crazy. But you know what? Don't let anything slow you down to come to church. Don't let anything knock you off the mark. I know that was silly. <laughs> let me just say this. My sister-in-law needs prayer. Because it's <laughs> the birthday. I have never seen anybody laugh. Watch this. She's like, yeah. If you hurt yourself, she goes, I'm so sorry. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, mean, I was like, who could that be laughing when I hit my head? <laughs> but, hey, just know this. I won't point and put you out there like that. <laughs> Where am I at? This is, this is I can always tell, you know, I was talking to some people the other day, and they said, well, where do you preach at, and where are you at, and all this stuff? I said, man, come on in, but be, 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 uh, just, just beware. That's what I said, just beware. Just be yourself is what I was going to say, but now I'm going to say, just beware. I got my man falling through the hole in the back. My fingers got broke up, then my sister-in-law's laughing at me. This is going to be a great message. This is going to be a life changer, man. Wow. Everybody's going to listen to this later and go, I don't know if we want to go there or not. I think we'll just listen online. It's safer. Oh, my goodness, man. So talking about being a love-driven God. Man, you know, the thing that I love about being able to do what God lets us do here is that we can be ourselves, And we can laugh and we can stumble when we can do that. We can get back up and know that, you know what, even in the midst of those things that are not perfect, God is perfect. You know, and that's that's why I can. I used to put so much pressure on myself, and, and I think all of us can. We always want to do the right thing. We want to do the best thing. You know, I, I remember playing music and things. If I made one little mistake, I would come home and stay up for hours just practicing and practicing and practicing, and nobody else knew it, but I did. And I would just take that, and just man, just own it, and just oh, you know what? It didn't do no good. It really didn't. You know, you do your best with whatever you can. That's what I tell my kids going through school and everything else. You do your best and then keep on moving, man. And we make course corrections when we find, well, you know what? Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. So you know what I love about coming here is that you can be yourself and God loves you right where you are. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we're talking about the love of God more. What I was going to say is this, is that over time and time again, and when I talk to people, they, many people are convinced that they don't measure up. Let me help you with that. You don't on your own. I don't on my own. But in Christ, we measure up. And see, that's what the whole word said. Back over here. Let me, let me jump back over here to what we had. It said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. We're going to cut through that whole thing. But I want us to see that God had a plan in the very beginning. And guess what? You were in it. You were in that plan. You mean way back when? Yeah. That's how we, we got an all-knowing, all-loving God. You're not going to you know, catch him off guard, aren't you glad? When things are changing all the time, anybody got CNN and MSNBC and all the things are changing. And we talked last week how the, the enemy just wants to control you by fear, man. They want to just control you by fear. Well, you better do it now. Well, you better do this. You better pull your money out the bank. You better invest in this. You better do all this. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be proactive and listen to what's going on, but we need to be knowing what's going on from looking at God's word and listening to the Holy Spirit. Be led by God's spirit. That's why we, we're, we're overcomers in the Lord. Let's keep on rolling. So I want us to know this, that God chose us. Well, think about this. God had a choice and you were it. Out of all creation, we were made in his image and it gave him great pleasure. Think about that. We're made in his image and we have the privilege of, of being called to share the gospel. Angels don't tell people about the gospel. We do. That's a pretty tall order. Any pressure feeling? You feel any pressure on that? No pressure, right? No pressure on that because God is going to fill your mouth when we, when we come to that time to share the gospel. As we're feeding and filling up on the word of God, the Holy Spirit's going to pull that to our remembrance. You ever thought about stuff and you read the Bible and things go down the road and you're doing some stuff and all of a sudden this verse comes to your mind or a situation is going on in your life and you're talking to somebody and you go, wow, where did that come from? That's God working through you, Holy Spirit, bringing things to your remembrance. He, he's guiding us. He's directing us. So don't ever think when you're filling up on the word of God, maybe you don't get it all right there. How many people know that? I don't always get everything I read right that minute. But the Holy Spirit is going to be our teacher and continue to, to show us and lead us and, and guide us. It's amazing. I, I, when I was rocking and rolling, I met a lot of folks. And, and some of the most unlikely folks that you would think 
to be talking about Jesus, right? <laughs> That's me, right? You know what I'm saying? They probably wouldn't think I'd be preaching and stuff. I know I didn't think that was it. But I went through different times and I've had guys that were listening to this. What's the Bible say? Train up in a child the way they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it. Think about that. I saw that coming through some of my buddies' life that were made to go to church. You know, made to go to church. Good thing. Because guess what? They had the foundation. I didn't even have a foundation. And I would go through things and they go, man, that's, I think that's the Lord talking to you. I went to get some barbecue the other day. All my stories always revolve around food. You know? And I went to get some barbecue the other day, and there was a guy in the back, and he was talking and everything. He goes, hey, buddy, how you doing? You going to take some of this to your mama? I said, yeah, because I do it every week. He's got me down. Every, different days, I go different things and bring lunch to my mind. He said, man, last night I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. I said, wow. He said, the night before that, I woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning. I said, you know what? I think the Lord's trying to tell you something. He said, me too. I said, what do you think it is? He said, get up and go to work. <laughs> and he just kept on going, man. I said, well, maybe. But you know, a lot of times when you wake up, he's like, Lord, what are you showing me? You know, for him, he said, man, I got to get out there and make that dollar. But you know what? God is always whispering to us to draw us closer to him and to use our life to draw others closer to him. Amen. So we're chosen, right? Okay, look at that. God made a way. You talk to people time and time again, they try to measure up. Got another story for you. How many people that talk as much as I do put their foot right in their mouth? If you talk this much, you will step on your toe. Amen. So I go to get gas yesterday, and I see these two young fellows. Man, they were dressed sharp. And I start pumping gas. I said, man, what's going on today, man? You guys are all duded up. And about that time, he said, the Lord said, they're going to a funeral. And, I, and the guy said, we're going to a funeral. I go, I knew that. And I thought, oh, man. I said, I was afraid you were going to say that. So I'm already out. I already got myself hung out there now, right? And I said, I just went into knee-jerk reaction. Thing. You know what I said next, don't you? I hope they know Jesus. <laughs> That's the first thing I was pumping gas. I go, hey, what's going on? They go, oh, yeah, we're going to a funeral. I go, oh, I hope they know Jesus. And they go, what? And I said, I'm sorry for your loss. I said, I hope they know the Lord. They go, oh, yeah. And so I saw this puzzled look on their face. When I brought Jesus into the equation. So you can talk about God all day long. But when you come in there and say Jesus being the son of God. Right? That's the dividing point. See, that's the true gospel. See, and this is what he told me. And I said, I said, <laughs> this is crazy. I said, so uh, if you die tonight, do you know for sure where you go? He said, yeah, we're going on Newport News Avenue. <laughs> I said, started laughing. I said, no. I said, if you die tonight, he said, oh, I thought you asked where we're going tonight. I said, no, no. I said, if you die tonight, do you know for sure where you go? And he goes, and I, we go to the great tabernacle in the sky and all this. I said, yeah. I said, why? He said, because God's in this and God's in that and God's in this and God's in that. I kept waiting and I'm, I'm going, and what, Jesus died on the cross for your sin? And he kept going, I'm pumping more gas, and I'm pumping more gas. And he was, he was adding in all these things and about his grandmother and all this stuff. And I never heard Jesus. I was like, <laughs> I said, hey, man, what about the Lord? He goes, yeah, and him too. <laughs> See, a lot of times people just kind of throw Jesus up on the heap. <laughs> He's the one. He's the way, the truth, the life. Amen. And it was really sad. Now, maybe I misunderstood, and maybe I thought that, you know, and I, and I kept going back, and I asked the guy again. And he was just talking about the earth and the clouds and the ground and the grass. And, and, I, and I was like, no, the God I serve created all that. That's not him. He created all that so he could provide for me and you. So you know what? When you are asked to give a, a, a testimony of your faith or ask if somebody asked you, why do you think you go to hell? Make sure you got it spelled out real clear. I'll help you with it. This is what we teach. This is what we believe. That Jesus Christ came to earth and paid our sin debt in full. And by faith, we put our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. That took like 30 seconds, right? To tell somebody that. But sometimes we want, sometimes you talk to people and, and he had a real nice suit on. Um, and he told me where he went to church at. And he told me all these other things, but I never heard him say, Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I put my faith and trust in him. And because of what Jesus Christ has done, I know I know that I'm forgiven. Every other thing. See, a lot of times, friends, this is what happens. People hear a whole bunch of stuff. 
And I don't know, maybe he really does know, but I tell you what, when I when somebody asks me, I want to be clear because that might be an opportunity for them to understand exactly what's going on. How many times someone says, well, you think you're going to heaven? No, you. I go, yeah, I do. Matter of fact, I know I'm going to heaven. And see, some people that don't know what's going on on things, just like I was on the other side before, you said, man, they think they're arrogant. No, I think we're blessed. Amen. We are blessed. It's never to, to stack up against them. It's always to encourage them to come near. See, it's always encouraging for them to come near. I had dated a girl one time. I talked about it a long, long, long time ago. Notice I put that in there. And, uh, and I asked her one day, I said, uh, I said, if you died today, do you think you'd go to heaven? She'd go, oh, yeah, I know. I thought, how do you know? See, I had that same mindset because I didn't know. And she was trying to tell me about Jesus. But I had, man, my head was just too fat. It wouldn't listen. But thank the Lord as time went by, my heart got softer. And people kept bringing that message. And finally, like I just said, Halloween night, somebody told me. And it stuck. And that seed was planted in my life and it's still growing. How about you? It's still growing. The, the deal is done. But we're still growing in the Lord. Amen. He made a way for us. It wasn't the wind. It wasn't the, the mountains. It wasn't the trees and anything like that that saved me or you. It was Jesus on the tree. Amen. Jesus risen on the third day. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the deal. You were handpicked. You were chosen. What are you going to do with that? Are you, how do you respond to that? I hope we continue to just keep walking in what God's got for us. Amen. Jesus is the way. You know. He made a way for us to be right. Look at this. I, I was, every week I mention this scripture. I love this because, you know, there's always some scriptures. There's tons of them that we study and things like that. But there's some that, that are just that, that lifeline. This is one for me that's just that lifeline. That just really just, I, I anchor my heart with this. Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When people are going to get all theologian and everything when you start bringing in this and that and everything else. I mean, you just keep it simple. It's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Doesn't that make you feel better just to know that? Do you know him today? Let's keep on rolling. Well, guess what else he's got for us? We are perfect in his sight. Got a little bit of reading in here. I hope it shows up good there. Um, let's take a look at this. Go back to this. I said, the Lord gave me this earlier in the week and I wrote this. I said, the sacrifice of Christ was big enough for the whole world to be set free. Grasp the greatness of his love for you. Well, here's the thing. Not everybody grasps the greatness of that. Not everybody knows that. It's not that they don't want to know it. It's not that they're not smart enough to know it because you don't have to be smart to know it or understand it. You just have to have your heart open to receive it. Is your heart open to receive it? And you know what's crazy is somebody might hear this message over and over and over again. And then that one day it clicks. Have you ever read a Bible scripture and then you read it and then six months later you read it again and it's just boom, it explodes in you. It goes, man, it's just so much more. Let me tell you, God is all about the so much more. He's about us being saved. And this is the whole thing here. Sometimes, you know what, maybe even we struggle with that as believers. Have you ever questioned your salvation? Yeah. You know, you think, how could God love me after what I've pulled and what I've done? How could God use me after the crazy things in my life? Am I speaking to anybody in here? Yeah. Amen. You know, I, this, is, this, is, this is the guy in the mirror. This is what we, we talk about sometimes. You know, when you really strip everything away. Lord, how in the world could you ever use me? How in the world could you ever forgive me? How in the world can you ever, you know, use my life and things like that? Man, let me tell you what, because of this right here. Let's keep on going. Ephesians 1, 4 says this. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. He already had the plan. He already had the plan way ahead. So he already laid the groundwork for us. I want to give you some more here. And I hope you can see this. If not, open your Bibles. If you got them today, it's going to be Romans 3, 22 through 3, 26. I'm going to read a little bit of that, okay? And it starts and it says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's just stop right there. How are we made right? By putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. How many people? Everyone who believes. And it goes on and says, No matter who we are. That's what I love right there. I want to take some time and walk through this. No matter who we are. We're going on verse 23. 
For everyone has sinned. Somebody say amen. amen. Everyone has sinned. Amen. Well, I understand that. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, we don't measure up. But God has made a way for us to measure up. Let's keep on going. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. God says you are righteous because of what Christ has done for you. God says that. This is his word for his people, right? He did this through Christ Jesus and when, and when he freed us from the penalty from our sin. You know that you're free from sin? We have a choice. We have a choice. Amen? Let's keep on going. 25 says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. He was the one. It's all about him. People are made right. Again, he's going back with us here. With God, when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life and the shedding of his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in past times. This is when they were under the law. And now he's coming because he was looking forward to this. Look at this. For he was looking ahead, included them in what he was doing would do in this present time. How did the old time saints, how were they saved? By looking forward to the cross, putting the faith in, in the Savior to come. How are we saved? We look back at what Christ has done. It's the same thing. They were looking forward to Christ coming and putting their faith and hope in him. And we look back because it's over 2,000 years he came, died, and rose. You with me on that? So we're all saved the same way. Nobody saved any different. That's how you're saved. Amen. And he goes back and says this. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for himself. For he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Let's read that again. And he declares who? God himself declares sinners to be made right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. How can, it not, how can you leave Jesus out of the equation? You can't. And when I talked to that fellow, I'm not coming down on him on that, but I heard everything but Jesus. And what I read in God's word, it's nothing but Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So, so people can be misled. People can think, hey, I'm going to church. Everything's cool. People say, oh, I'm doing this. It's all right. It's not about what you're doing. It's what Christ has done. And that's why I wanted to take some time today to, for us to know that not only that he, he chose us to be his before he even made the world, but we are perfect in his sight because of what Christ has done. You say, well, buddy, I know that. Really? Do you? Do you ever get depressed? Then maybe we need to look at this again. Because I'm going to tell you, you have to make yourself get depressed if you know this. Because this is the truth right here. If you go back and focus on this, and it says, wait a minute now. Out of all these things in this world, everything going on and all this stuff in my life, he, God himself, declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Not when you, you've, you've been to church 27 and a half years. Not when you've made the quota in the pig. You know, in, in the treasure chest. None of those things. But when you believe. I talked to some people sometime. I said, man, what would, it, what, what would keep you from asking the Lord into your life right here, right now? Well, I still want to do a few things and I want to do. And they keep pushing God away. You ever try to hug somebody and they just push you away? Don't feel real good, does it? You have something that you want to bring to somebody and they say, well, no, wait, just wait a minute. Or you want to give your child something and you love them and you, and you want to give them this great gift. And they go, no, not right now. But you know it's the best thing for them and you love them and you care about them. And they push it away. Why would anybody push away the gift of eternal life? I don't know. But I do know this. I don't even know why. I did it for a long time. Mainly because I thought I had to measure up with me. How about you? I mentioned this before, and it's the best illustration that I could ever mention is my dad. My dad knew about the Lord. He had a reverence for the Lord. But there was one little step from him coming across and saying, man, I need you. He knew he needed the Lord. It was this amazing thing called grace. He had a trouble receiving grace. I bet you we do too sometimes. That's what I'm telling you right there. That's grace. It wasn't that he didn't believe. He just felt that he didn't measure up with all the stuff in his life in the past that he didn't measure up. And, I, and the Lord gave me this question. And he, I'm going to tell you, man, I know I was on Mercury Boulevard in my truck. 
coming home from playing music. My dad was, I know exactly where we were. And he was telling me that. I said, Dad, I know you know the deal. What are you waiting on, man? I don't know, son. I just got a lot of sin in my life. I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> I know. He said, yeah, but I got a lot of sin in my life. And I said, so dad, you're telling me that the blood of Christ is not good enough for your sin. And I thought the old man was going to jump out of the car. He goes, no, I didn't say that. I said, when we push away like that, we trample the blood of God, the blood of Christ. Isn't that what we're saying? Think about it. Now, I didn't come up with that. I was driving down the road, but I'm going to tell you what, it, man, it wore on my dad. And the next time we went to church, man, he gave his life to the Lord. Isn't that a praise? I'm going to tell you what, everything else was stripped away. He goes, you know what? That just made sense. Sometimes you hear it over and over and over and over. My grandma played the church piano. My daddy went to church. He knew the deal. He knew about God and everything else, but he had a problem receiving the grace. Don't have a problem receiving the grace. That's why he did, he did what he did. That's a praise. But I'm going to tell you what, man. When he got a hold of that, my mom said, I don't know what's going on with your dad. I said, what's wrong? She said, he won't put the Bible down. I said, good. I said, I went out in the garage. He's reading the Bible. He's sitting in a chair. He's reading the Bible. He just ordered something that plays the Bible. I said, that's good. He's hungry, mama. She says, man, that's amazing. See, it changed his life and it changed your life. It changed my life. It'll change your life. It should. It should be that the defining moment in our life. Let me tell you this. That doesn't mean everything is going to be perfect then, okay? It means that God is not going to let you go. Isn't that something? When you've got that confidence in Christ in your corner, man, things change. Everything changes. You know, I, I talked to one of my buddies at work, and, and he said, what do you got going? And I said, well, I've got to speak here. i got to do this or something. He goes, man. He said, I would take a beating before I had to get up and stand before people. I said, well, Jesus already took my beating. He said, yeah, I guess you're right. He's already took my beating, so I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I, in my heart, I can't afford not to tell him. Not because I'll lose anything or anything else, because I'm so excited about what God has done for me. I'm looking over there. I'm looking at Scott. Every time since I've known him, every time, he'd be quick to tell you what God's done in his life. I mentioned it before he came and gave his testimony and I asked him, you know, I said, hey man, we'd be willing to share this a couple of months ago. And I love that. I know I repeated it. This is worth repeating. He goes, I said, would you, would you be willing to share what God's done to your life? Immediately, he said, glad to. He said, that's my job. Whew. I just touched my heart. That's his job. I'm in the army, baby. I'm ready. I'll tell anybody what God's done in my life. You know? And, and you know what's so amazing is is a lot of times people think if their life is not looking real shiny and perfect and this and that, that the God can't use them. I'm going to tell you this. The people that God has used in my life are the ones that's got a little rough around the edges. Amen? And that's me. I'm a little rough around the edges, you know? But that's okay. Because you know what? You can reach people that nobody else will. You know? If they say, man, God can do something in your life, I need to know about that Jesus. I need to know about him. I mentioned it over and over and over. Different things I see God using you guys in, in your life and the different things y'all do. And it just is amazing, man. You know, and, and God calls us to be disciple makers. That's what we're here for. To know him and know him better and represent him to the world. Amen. But I want you to, I want you to hear this again. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. We, we make it hard. God already did that. All right, let's keep on rolling. My next point is this. God's family gives him great pleasure. How many people love their family? My family should have been faster than that. How many people love their family? My family is like, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought my family said, yes. <laughs> oh, we have a good time. They never know what to expect from me. They really don't. They don't. I, I, love, I love playing jokes and stuff. And I, I'm a little concerned because I have passed it on to my youngest child. And if my youngest child ever figures out how, how funny he is, I will be in a lot of trouble. But he's funny. And he, I said, Jesse, don't scare your grandma. Jesse, don't scare He calls his grandma and, and, and tells her he's Donald Trump. And wants to know, is he going to get her vote and all these things and stuff like that. And he has a good time. I said, she, she did. She hung up on him. 
And then he called his grandma one time and said he was with the IRS. And she said, well, I don't do my taxes. You need to call my son. She sold me out so fast. I thought, God loves his family that gives him great pleasure. Your family, is your family disjointed? Yes. I mean, I'm like, don't call your, your grandmother's 86 years old. Don't do that. But if you do, you ought to do this. <laughs> you know, like, and, you know, maybe one out of five times she knows it's him. But you know what she does? Every day I go, what's Thomas doing? What's going on with Jesse? That's her family. She loves that. She lo- we love to laugh. We love to joke. We never want to cause any pain to one another. But, you know, sometimes it probably does happen. But, you know, um, we still love each other through that. And what God's family is, you know, you can still laugh at being God's family. You can be a little strange and be in being God's family. I guess you figured that out before you passed it, didn't you? <laughs> Everybody said, yeah, I guess so. You know? But think about that over and over, man. We have position with God's family. Let's take a look at this again. I'm cutting through the scripture that we have here today. Ephesians 5.1. Go back to it. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ, for Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I wrote this down. I said, God's family has position. God's family has favor. God's family has victory. God's family has eternal life. Are you in God's family? Are you secure in that? Do you know that we are secure in what he's done? So a little remembering thing here. I want you to remember these things with you as you go today. Remember you're in the family of God. Recalling your position helps us grasp the understanding that God is for his children. How many people like being moms and dads? Your kids ain't in there. You raise your it's amazing. It's a great privilege, but it's sometimes it's a struggle, isn't it? It can be. It will test you. You will find out how much you love them real fast. Because if anybody else in the world did you like your kids might do you sometimes or have done you, you take them out. And then you pray for them probably, but you take them out. You would. You think, I cannot believe they just said that. I cannot believe they just did that. Yeah? It's amazing. It's amazing. I'll see her. Since Jesse got some more time, she'll turn to me. Ready? I have been all over yesterday to my mom's back and forth up here and everything else. And my oldest child had lived four minutes away from me, calls me and says, hey, dad. I go, hey. He goes, is my guitar still over your house? I go, yeah. Do you want to bring it to me? I said, boy, you lost your mind. I'm at your grandmother's house. Trick or treating. I'm over there my mom, you know, I told, I told you I come from a long line of warriors, right? I don't think we got enough candy. We need more candy. Four bags of candy. Got candy out there. But just put a little sign out there telling them to take two. I said, two people's going to come by and dump that thing in there, and that's going to be it. I know the neighborhood, right? So, yeah. I said, yeah. I, I think Jeff's out there. Bennett's got the truck running. No. So we go by, and we're doing that. So she was worried we didn't have enough candy. Then she was worried... That we're going to run out of candy. Then, we were, we didn't, then she was worried about, so about four. Five, I said, Mom, what, you want me to just shut the door? No. Would you want me to stand out there? No, I wouldn't stand out there. <laughs> the neighborhood ain't what she used to be. But anyway, what the blessing was in all this. I had a little sign up there and everything, you know, trying to do a thing. And I hear this one little girl, and it says, Take two, please. And this one little girl said, I'm only taking two. <laughs> I wanted to give her the whole deal. You know, I went, wait a minute, baby. Here you are. And I, so now, 6 o'clock goes by, 6.30, and my mom asked me about it. How many people are there? I said, come on out here. No, I don't want to go out there. How many people are there? Worry, 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 worry. I mean, I, we're going to run out. You're going to have to go back to the store. I'm thinking, I ain't going back to the store. <laughs> what you got is what you got. When they're done, we turn it to pumpkin over, mama. We're done. Right? So we go, but that's the family thing, man. We got to do. It. So we're out there, and finally, I saw two guys walking by. I go, hey! They go, yeah. I said, you need some candy. They go, yes, sir. I'll take the rest of that thing. Here you go. Here you go. All right, we're good to go. He said, why do you share all that? Families are disjoint, and that's okay. Things that we worry about many times have no spiritual dividends whatsoever. Why do we worry about stuff that really has no big deal? I hope today that we recalibrate as we look through our family time and different things like that. And remember, you're in the family of God. This whole message is to free you up 
so you can be all you can be for God. This whole message is to remind you that you were chosen, that you're handpicked, you're one of a kind, you're God's favorite. You're God's favorite. He just ain't his only favorite. Because Mike's his favorite too. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Then let's see what else we got. I said, remember you have access to the family promises. Isn't that something? You have the promises of God in your life for you. Now, I think that's a pretty good deal, don't you? Think about that. You can call on the name of Jesus anytime, anywhere in your whole life, regardless of your zip code, regardless of your situation, regardless of any of those things. God's available and we have total access. And I want you to hear this too. Remember, you have a purpose. I think a lot of times we struggle with that. So many times, well, I don't know what my purpose is. Man, I'm still figuring out my purpose. I know that God's called me to preach. So I do that. I know that God's called me and you to be able to give account of what we believe at any time. I know that God calls us to, to be disciples and students of his word. But you know what? Yeah, and people say, yeah, I know. But I'm going to tell you, this week I pray that you really seek the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me? In the uniqueness that God has created, you never undersell yourself. You know? I, I, I see it all the time. And then somebody says, well, I don't know what God wants me to do and this and that. And I don't sing and I don't play and I don't do this. And then turn around and then make something amazing like that. You know? Now, that ain't the case. I'm just using that for example. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that you're just a really good listener. Maybe it's that you, you, you don't mind praying for people. Maybe it's that you bring in bread pudding and don't tell your son-in-law until everybody else gets some. <laughs> She's wise, isn't she? She's got wisdom. But whatever it is, use that thing that God's put in you for his glory. Wherever. You know, I was saying a couple of weeks back, how many got a job that their job has really changed lately? Yeah. I mean, everybody. The job that I signed up for 30 years ago don't even exist anymore. I'm thinking, what just happened? So what I've been having to do is this. I have to choose to have a good attitude. When I go, there's two things. I told my beautiful bride this, and so now I got to take my medicine, right? I said, baby, if you don't like what you're doing, there's two things you do. Either you get something else, or you learn to love what you got. I'm trying to learn to love what I got, right? And it's not always easy, but what happens, I see the difference in my life is this. When I already choose to like it, it's good. I'm going to go in for eight hours, and I'm going to do what they tell me to do, and I'm going to represent Christ the best I can do. And that's it. And that's cool. Because at the end of the day, I'm not working for them. I'm working for the Lord. And when I get my mind in line with that, then everything's okay. Right? I don't like that they change stuff. I don't like, I don't like doing more with less. How about you guys? Right? I don't like when things are dangerous and they say, well, you should have known better. And you said, but I told you three times. And they said, did you have an email with that? Well, you say, no. And they said, well, then we didn't hear about it. Anyway. Not going to get too far on that, but I just know from talking to folks time and time again, I'm not the only one that feels like that. And I'll tell you, as a pastor, it's not like it's any easier. You know, sometimes people, oh, well, he preaches everything great in his life. Everything's perfect. His kids never get in trouble. Everything else, man, his, his light bill must even be lower. <laughs> it's not the case. You're just like everybody else, man. You know, <laughs> you're going like this. Come on, let's keep going. But I'm going to tell you what, knowing that you're in God's family. And knowing that we have access to him. And knowing that we have the purpose and the promises of God in our family and our life. That excites me. That motivates me. So I choose to take my energy and focus on this instead of what's wrong. You can always find something wrong, can't you? If you can't ask somebody, they'll help you point it out. And it's probably going to be with you. right? But ask them, can you help me find something good in this? I, I know I've told this story many times and I've I got to bring this back in. This guy was... A, Talking to people, and he was a great encouragement. And this lady says, you know, comes up to him at the thing, and, I, and I've shared it before, but somebody needs to hear it. Maybe it's me, right? And says, you know, uh, can I just talk to you for a minute? And he says, what's going on? He says, nothing's going right in my life. It's just terrible. This thing's going to beat me to death today, right? I was sitting over here. And she says, you know, I, I just, my work is just terrible. And the man said, Really? He said, oh, it's this, they've done this, they don't do this anymore, blah, 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 you know. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. How about you sit down and write 
10 things that you like about your job. Oh, that ain't going to take long, she says. He says, can you give me one thing? I don't think anything. She says, do you work close to home? Oh, yeah, it's only five minutes. Good, write it down. I work five minutes from my house. Hmm. Do they, do they pay you good? Well, actually, they, they, they do pay me pretty good. Well, write that down. Well, do you get vacation? Yeah, I get this much time and holiday. Write that down. Tell you, really? And the next thing you know, she had 10 things that she liked about her job. She liked that, you know, it was close to home, good pay, good vacation, everything else. He said, well, now I'll tell you what, this is your homework. He said, I want you to write down, I want you to look at it every morning before you leave. Thank the Lord for that. He said, now I want you to write down 10 things you love about your job. Oh, man. So he didn't see her for a while. He came back around. Several months later, found a lady. She says, you know what? I need to talk to you. She said, you are not going to believe this. She said, you will not believe how the people my work have changed. <laughs> Guess what? I don't think it was him. It was her attitude about it. Her eyes. Her, what are we bringing to the table? You know? So today, I hope that we can find a few things that we like about one another. A few things that we like about where we live. The job we have. God, you know, I think about that. The Lord's giving me a job that I can still preach and do those other different things. We ain't never missed a meal. We're making a house payment. All those great things. But sometimes I have to refocus on this here. Sometimes I have to go back and say, wait a minute now. This is not, I am going to work and I am going to do these other things because I need to make a living. But my life thing, my whole thing in my life is I want to serve the Lord. And I can serve him at work. I can serve him at the grocery line. I can open my big mouth and put my shoe right in my mouth at the gas pump with that guy, but he still ends up talking about Jesus. Listen <laughs> like this. Man, isn't that something? I must be accident prone today. But you know, with all those things going on, I still go back and think, as klutzy as I am and as easy as I get hurt at, after my last birthday, God says, I still love you. We were sweeping up, and John said, please don't do that. You'll hurt yourself. <laughs> Anybody can tear their rotor cuff moving a shower curtain. Probably don't need to operate a broom, you know? And you know what? If I choose or if we choose to focus on the things that hurt and that are not just perfect in our life, we're going to see more of that than the perfection in our life. But if we choose to focus on the perfection in our life of Jesus Christ, let me tell you, that will overshadow anything in your life. That will overshadow the hurt. That will overshadow the doubt. That will overshadow the worry. All of a sudden, you know, as things go on, I find myself, I understand now. You know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's mama taught me a lot of stuff, Granny. How old was she, Jim? Was she 93, 94? 90, 90 something? She was in her 90s. And I used to love, and I just say, I got to come clean. I used to mess with Granny too. I'd call her and tell her I was a pizza man. And, uh, and I would mess with her. And, and, and you know, and the thing, we would have these great conversations. And the thing that I loved about that was, Granny didn't worry about a whole bunch anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, whatever. You know, she wasn't worried about too much. I remember when she told me that she gave her life to the Lord. She was a little girl. She told me what night it was. She told me what, what they were preaching on everything else. And because I always want to make sure that my family knows the Lord. And we would talk about the Lord and we would talk about different things and she would tell me about all these different things. She said, but I'm not going to worry about that stuff. Now that's a long time ago, whatever. And things that I know that she probably held on to a long time, she saw over her life. Why? But I'll tell you what she did hold on to. She held on to the things of the Lord and she held on to the things of her family. She used to ask me this question all the time when I go to nursing home. And she said, why am I still here? Why doesn't God call me home? And the only answer I could come up with was, I guess your mansion's not done yet, Granny. I said, because when it's done, he's going to call you home. But we're going to love on you every day till he does. And that's all right. You know, it's amazing what you can learn from folks that got a little time around here. And I think the thing that really drives me crazy is so often that many times, this is not in the notes and stuff, but in ministering and living, it's almost like some people put an expiration date on our lives. 
that somebody at a certain age really, well, yeah, they're just the older folks or this and that. Man, I'm telling you, they're so wrong. I learned so much from folks that'll take, and they'll take the time with you. You know, when I go see your mom and dad, then I go over there, they stop everything. If I go to anybody else's house, they'll be like, yeah, I got something to do. I'm doing this. And I go to your mom and dad, they stop everything. Your mom makes me bring stuff in from the garage. <laughs> Can you get those groceries? Yeah, sure. And she fix me something to drink. And she'll send something home for Denise. You don't get that no more, man. I love going by there. And we just talk. And we just hang out. And we just do family stuff. You know what I mean? Church family stuff. Talk about stuff. That's a blessing, man. So you said, buddy, you're all over the board on this message. No, I'm not. I want you to know this. I want you to know that you're handpicked. I want you to know that God has placed you in a place such as this for a time such as this. And I want you to know that God's family matters and you're a part of God's family. But also in that, enjoy the family that God's placed around you. Take some time, man. Call some people. Encourage some people. That might be your purpose to be an encourager. I'm going to tell you what, it's great. When you, when you get to talk to somebody and they say, man, you know what? I'm so glad you called today. Hey, I'm so glad that you took a few minutes. Because, you know, a lot of times our seniors, they realize this. They know that, that life is fast. And when you take a few minutes with them, they go, wow, they care. Time equals caring, man. Time equals caring. And I'm going to tell you what. From the beginning of time, God cared about you. And I know this. I love this right here. I want to encourage y'all with this here. John 10, 27 through 30. Ready? It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man Pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And I and my father are one. When I was finishing up, I added that slide late last night. I love that verse. If you're ever worried about losing your salvation, go to that verse. There's many of them in there. It says, no man can pluck you out of my hand. God's got some big hands, doesn't he? And I thought, isn't that great that the Lord was showing me from the, from the illustration and stuff that Tanya had pulled up when I put the message together about how you're handpicked. God picked you, but nobody else is going to pluck you out of his hand. Isn't that amazing? We always think we're going to lose something, lose something. If you're not scared of losing anything, you'll risk everything. That makes sense. Sometimes we got to step out. Sometimes we got to step out and share different things. I'm going to tell you what. We are sealed and secured in Christ. I want you to know that today. I'm going to bring it on home back with what we had here. Let's, can you all see that? I hope you can. If not, you can look, look at your Bibles. I'm going to read that one more time. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. And it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what... He wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Do you know that your life gives God great pleasure? Do you know when you rely on God, it gives him great pleasure? When, when, how many people like to be needed? Now, God don't need to be needed, but I'm just saying. I know for me, I like it when the boys call and check and stuff. And I still ain't going to get the guitar. But anyway, <laughs> like, no, you're going to have to get that. But you know what, when, but when they, dad, you know what, you know what I've learned? I've learned, this is great. I've learned that dear old dad might know just a little teeny something, sometimes. Because if you get a call before seven o'clock from my oldest child, something's wrong. Dad, the plumbing is leaking, right? Today we talked about mufflers that don't fit, you know, things like that. How's that all play into what I'm saying? You know what? As children, we bring a lot of stuff that's broke back to dad. And that's okay. Because you know what? As moms and dads, we want to try to do things to love and to help and protect. Unfortunately, we have limited resources sometimes. But our Heavenly Father is unlimited in the resources. So I don't know what's broken in your life today. I don't know what's been, I don't know what's been challenged. I don't know what's hurting, what's aching, or anything else. But I'm going to tell you what. Today, I want you to know this, that you are handpicked. Let that soak into your heart.
There shouldn't be any stress because you know that God has made a way. There's no condemnation. It's just that God loves you. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you today that we can laugh a little bit. We can share a whole lot. We can trust you with everything that we are handpicked because we are your children. Even before you made the earth, you made a way for us. Yeah, even us right now. Maybe somebody listening later on today will hear this and, and they'll say, man, you know, I really needed to hear that today. I want you to know that nobody can pluck you out of the hand of God when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. I want you to know that it gives him great pleasure to adopt us into his family through Christ Jesus. He said, buddy, that sounds great. How do I receive that on my own? You receive it by faith. Right here, right now. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day of salvation. If you're here today and you've ever questioned where you'll spend eternity, let me help you from God's word to show you that you can know that we are secure in Christ when we call upon the name of Jesus. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in the heart of God and raise him from the dead, we will be saved. All who believe in him will have eternal life through Christ Jesus. Isn't that good to know? I pray that each one that has received that walks in that. And for those that have never received that, I pray today is the day they said, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I heard what he said from your word. I understand I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from an awesome and a holy God. But Lord, your word says it's your love. And Lord, thank you for loving me enough to send your son to make a way for me. To make me right again. My righteousness comes from you and only you. Today, Lord, I'm trusting you. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. If you're here today, say, man, I, things have changed in my life. Things are tough. Things are rough. Well, you know what? I'm going to lift you up right now. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are struggling. I pray for them that are having a hard way and a hard time. Let us refocus on what you've done. Let us go back and realize that we are handpicked. That we're the head, not the tail. That we are the ones that you chose long ago to represent you. Lord, help us to represent you well. Pick us up when we fall. Forgive us when we sin. And Lord, just love us lavishly like your word says you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.